Welcome to the Radiant Visalia podcast. Join us at one of our two services, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Download the Church Center app or visit our website, radiantvisalia.com, to stay connected with us. All right, enjoy. Matthew is a part of the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. It's surrounded by the books of um, the other Gospels, Luke, John, Mark. (laughs) Keep going to the right till you find it. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Um, We've spent the last couple weeks talking about forgiveness. Uh, One of the sermons on what forgiveness is, is burned and is on the back table. So if you've missed the last couple weeks, I would encourage you to pick up the, the sermon from two weeks ago and then go online to listen to the one from last week. It'll help this morning make sense. So you can go to our website and listen to any of the sermons that are preached here from the pulpit on Sunday morning. Um, We have defined forgiveness. We've talked about what forgiveness is. We've talked about our motivation to do it. Why would we do this? Why would we forgive? Anybody who's ever tried to forgive knows that forgiving someone is pretty difficult. Why would we do this? Um, We are probably here and in agreement this morning that forgiveness is the right thing to do. Everybody's in love with the idea of forgiveness. But when it comes to actually forgiving, it's pretty difficult. Um, uh, We've also, I I think, I've, I've gotten the sense in my conversations with people that not only have we decided that this is the right thing to do, we've also decided that we're going to do it. And since forgiveness is a choice, uh, it doesn't come on you. I have no, I have no fairy dust this morning. I have nothing that's going to make you forgive. Forgiveness is a choice you choose to forgive. Since it's a choice, what's the next step? How do we do it? How do we forgive um, I, know, I know if you're like me, you've attempted all kinds of things in order to forgive. Um, you've probably attempted all kinds of things to get rid of your bitterness. Um, and if you're like me, you're probably here and in some ways feel pretty hopeless regarding the topic of forgiveness. Like I've tried, I've tried in the past. I feel like I've tried everything and it doesn't seem to work. I still feel angry. I still feel wounded. I still feel hurt. I can't seem to let this go. Um, I found in the Lord's Prayer this week an incredible lesson on how to forgive. And so we've, you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer before. Even if you've not spent much time in church, you've probably heard this prayer Um, it has a lot to teach us, not just about our need for forgiveness, but it has a lot to teach us about how we actually forgive. How do we do it? What's the next step? 
Um, this this model, I've been reading a lot of um, I've been reading a lot of books the last few weeks, and um, a lot of people with a lot of great ideas about how to forgive. This prayer has been working for thousands of years. And I want to say to you this morning that an unforgiving heart is a spiritual problem that needs spiritual answers from Scripture. Before Jesus teaches his disciples to pray the prayer that we're about to look at, he charges them with a task that would require them to pray. He's commanding them to do some things and to follow some things and to walk in some ways that are going to require them to be a people of prayer because these things are nothing short of a miracle. There's no way having preached the sermon that Jesus preached before he taught them how to pray that the disciples probably walked away going, I've got this. Love my enemies. Not a problem. Bless those who persecute you. I got this. This is easy. No way. He charged them with a task that was going to force them into the place of prayer because doing these things is nothing short of a miracle. He commands them to to bless those who are cursing you. To bless those who persecute you. To love your enemies. I can't even love my family, let alone my enemies. I mean, these are some pretty... Is many of my family here? None of my family's here. Um, my, my, my sister, Mary Mendez, had her baby last night at 6.20. So. Eleanor Kate Mendez. And she is 8 pounds and was 19 inches. And they're doing really well. So my family's not here. Listen to what Jesus teaches his disciples just before he teaches them to pray. Don't look it up, I'll read it to you. Because it's the message message translation of the passage. Remember, this is Jesus teaching his disciples what they needed to do. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look, says Jesus. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If if someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. 
When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives His best, the sun to warm the ra- The sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless. The good, the bad, the nice, the and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like that. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. Jesus is telling his disciples, we're his disciples, love your enemies, love those that hurt you. How do we forgive those who have given us a hard time? How do we be like God who gives his best regardless? He gives the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. Isn't this what we want? Is to live generously. Isn't, as I read that passage, we were probably all saying, yeah, this is what I want. I want to live the way God lives towards me. I want to live generously. I want to live graciously. How do we respond when we've been hurt? Uh, How can we do what God is asking us to do here? And I loved this line. How do we do this? We respond with the energies of prayer. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time and wounds you, church, how do you forgive? You respond with the energies of prayer. When we've been wronged, we respond with the energies of prayer. Now, I know what you're thinking because I was thinking the same thing this week. The only thing I'm worse at than forgiving is praying. And I know that I've talked to you about what forgiveness is and why we should forgive. And you came here looking for answers. I know what you're saying. Look, I, I, I need a solution. This has been going on since I was six. I've been wrestling with this for 20 years. I need answers. I need to know how to forgive. And you're going to tell me to pray about it? The pad answer... Pray about it? Respond with the energies of prayer? You don't think I've tried that? You don't think I've cried out? You don't think I've prayed often and with energy? I've tried that. That's no solution to the bitterness and the anger and the hurt and the pain that I feel. I'm not asking you today to pray the way that you've been praying. I'm asking you today to, to pray the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Je- the way Jesus taught us to pray will teach us how to forgive. The way you've 
been praying is not working. I'm not asking you to continue to pray the way you've been praying and expect different results. I know you've cried out. I know you've asked God to take this from you. I know you've been praying about what's gone on. I'm asking you to pray in a new way and to take a fresh look at the way that Jesus taught us to pray. If you don't learn how to pray, there is no hope for you to forgive. Because forgiveness is first and foremost a spiritual problem. If you're having trouble forgiving someone, it's probably a commentary on your ability to connect with God. Let's look at this now. Jesus says to his disciples, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness is the theme of this prayer. We touched on it the first week. It's as if Jesus is saying to his disciples, when you come to the place of prayer, expect to talk about forgiveness. It never ends. Expect to have this conversation with God. Expect to talk about forgiveness. This, mo- this prayer, I know that we've prayed these exact words over and over again, but I believe that what Jesus was giving us was a model of how to pray, not giving us what to pray. He says to his disciples, this then is how you should pray, not this then is what you should pray. There are some subjects Some topics being tackled by Jesus. And I want to point those out today. Because they have a lot to do with how we can learn to forgive. When you, like his disciples, feel like you're being asked to do something that you can't do. I can't possibly forgive. I can't possibly release this person. I can't possibly get over the pain of what they've done for me. Respond with the energies of prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name is how this prayer starts. There's quite a few different things tackled in this prayer. Notice how the prayer starts. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. When we we turn to the place of prayer and we're in need of forgiveness or we're needing to forgive someone, is this where our prayers start? I don't know about you guys, but 90% of the time, my prayers start like this. Something happens, somebody does something that annoys me or wounds me, I turn to the place of prayer, and I go, oh God, forgive them, oh God, I forgive them, oh God, I forgive them, I forgive that person, they probably didn't know what they were doing, they probably had a bad day, I forgive this person, I forgive this person. All the while my blood is coming to a boil and everything in me is like crying out for vengeance. 
I keep like telling myself, right? Oh, forgive him, oh, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him, you know? All the while, I'm just screaming out, make them pay. Everything inside of me is saying, make them pay. But what's coming out of my mouth is, I forgive him, I forgive him. Oh God, I forgive him, I forgive him. Lord, dear God, dear Lord, dear God, help me forgive them. And isn't that the same way our prayers start when we need forgiveness? We screw up. You screwed up last night. You got here this morning for worship and you're like, oh, dear God, forgive me for drinking too many. Forgive me, God. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, dear God, forgive me. This is how our prayers typically start when we come to the place of prayer in need of forgiveness. We start with forgiveness. Notice how this prayer starts. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. All of those prayers that I was talking about, all of the prayers that you have been praying when it comes to forgiveness, have this, um, this one thing in common, which is you. It's a self-centered prayer. Me, 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 help me, help me, help me, 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 me. And Jesus is saying, no, no, look, when you come, first start here. God, 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 God. When you come to the place of prayer, needing to forgive and needing forgiveness, start by looking to God. Start by getting your eyes off of the situation that you're in and off of the person that's wounded you and look to God. I know when you've been hurt and you've been wounded, it's all you can focus on is who hurt you and how they hurt you. You're you're rehearsing it incessantly in your mind, even when you come to the place of prayer. And Jesus is saying, stop that. Stop looking at what went on and look to God. It's very, very important that we see God rightly. That we first see Him high, lifted up, seated above all uh, authorities and principalities. It's really important that we see God for who He is. The God we see is the Christian will be. If you're trying to be a different Christian, you need to see God. Because the God that you see is the Christian that you'll be. If you see an angry God, you will be an angry Christian. If you see an unforgiving God, you'll be an unforgiving Christian. If you see a glad God, you will be a glad Christian. These prayers, they start in a self-centered fashion and they never move away from that for me. And so therefore they never go anywhere or produce the results that we want them produced because they're focused on us. There's six different things that we're told to do uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Or there's six different things that we're told to include in prayer. Notice where personal forgiveness comes. Not first, not second, not third, not even fourth. Personal forgiveness comes fifth. When you start talking to God, there's some things that you need to talk about before you get to forgiveness. If you're going to be able to forgive. It's as if Jesus is saying, hey look, you want to pass this forgiveness class? You need to take the prerequisites that come before it. If you can pass the classes that come before it, if you can do the four or five things that come before this, then you can do forgiveness. This isn't how it goes in our personal life. Forgiveness is, takes the top spot. We take the top spot. What's gone on to us takes the top spot. 
Notice where it comes in this model of prayer that Jesus has given us. Unforgiveness, we have to put... um, I think as we look to God, we put our sin and our guilt in its proper place. By worshiping and honoring God. Our self-centered prayers become a God-centered prayer. The worship of God is paramount. Jesus is teaching us that nothing should come before this. When you come before the Father, you start like this. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. How does your prayer start? When you come to the place of prayer in need of forgiveness, where do you start? I'd encourage you to start where Jesus taught us to start. Our Father in heaven. Get your eyes off the other person. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off the situation. And say, God, I'm fixing my eyes on you. I must see you. Then we fix our minds on the expansion of his rule. Jesus taught us to pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So once you've said, Father, holy. Then we start praying, Grow your kingdom. Expand your rule. Conquer areas that you don't already rule over. Extend your kingdom in my life. Let your kingdom come. Rule over my life. Expand your kingdom. Grow your kingdom. And then we pray, your will be done, which is essentially this. Align my desires with your desires. Father in heaven, you're holy. I'm looking to you. Grow your kingdom, expand your rule. Let your kingdom go forth. Make my desires like your desires. Align my desires with what you, with what you desire. When we pray like this, I guarantee you that this is the hard part of forgiveness. If we can honestly and sincerely pray this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, we're really close to forgiving. That's not an easy prayer to pray. That prayer is going to cost you. This has to happen in order for us to successfully forgive. We've got to pray this way. I want you to understand something this morning. And that is that what you say you want is not what you really want. We're good at this because we go to church and we go to church together. And we say things like, I want to follow Jesus. Well, I want to forgive. I just can't figure out why I can't. I really want to forgive. I want to invite you into the possibility that maybe you don't really want what you say you want. And maybe you're not as committed to what you say you're committed to. Jesus is saying, get to this place in prayer. Start praying, I want what you want. I want your kingdom to go forth. We say together that we're committed to following Jesus, but what we're really committed to is staying comfortable, looking good, and being right. Because when Jesus asks us to do something that would cause us to be uncomfortable, we find out what we're really committed to. And we go, 
I'll pass on that. When Jesus asks us to forgive, which requires us to humble ourselves, what we find out is what we're really committed to is being right. You're more committed to being right than you are committed to following Jesus. That's why Jesus is teaching us to pray, I want what you want. Align my desires with your desires. What you say you want and what you say you're committed to might not actually be what you really want and what you're really committed to. And we see this when we have to make tough decisions. Let me ask you this morning, do you want to forgive or do you want to be right? What do you really want? Do you want to be done with the bitterness that's in your heart or do you want an apology? Do you want to forgive or do you really want to withhold from someone? Do you want to forgive or do you want to make them pay? What do you really want? Lord, align my desires with what you desire. I want to see your kingdom go forth more than I want to be comfortable, more than I want to be right, more than I want to be safe, more than I want to look good. I want to see your kingdom go forth. If you can get to this place in prayer and pray honestly and sincerely, you're very, very close to forgiving. This is a tough work, but when we get there, forgiveness comes easily. Let's uh, stop right now. Let's just pray that. Maybe you already have, but I want to pray that right now. I struggle with this just as badly as you do. What I want is to be in control. That's what I really want. But I keep saying with my mouth from this pulpit that what I want is Jesus. What I really want is both. And I never get both. Good luck with that. Keep trying. We want to pray together right now, Jesus, that you would extend your rule in our lives and that you would align our desires with your desires. We want to cancel debt like you cancel debt. We don't want to hold something over someone's head. Rather than being right and being proud, what we want are right relationships. Align our desires with your desires. We know that you want forgiveness. Help us to want what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Give us today our daily bread. Making sure we have what we need is pretty high on God's priority list. It comes before the laundry list of sin. That's why after we pray a prayer like, Lord, uh, let your kingdom come, your will be done, and we get to the end of it and we're like, that's not what I want at all. Then we can ask for God to provide for us. Lord, give me a heart, give me a desire to have my desires line up with your desires. Soften my heart.
Ask Him to give you what you need in order to change. Ask Him to give you what you need in order to be restored. Ask Him to provide for you what you need in order to be healed. And forgive us our debts. Here we go. And forgive us our debts as we, have all, as we also have forgiven our debtors. There are many things in the Lord's Prayer that we are told to ask God to do. There is one thing that we are supposed to do. And that is to assure God that we're doing what He is doing. When we're talking to God in prayer, make sure that we're doing this one thing. That is that we are pardoning people that don't deserve to be pardoned. And forgiving people who don't deserve forgiveness. And extending mercy to people who don't deserve mercy. There's many things that we can ask Him to do. There's many things that we call on Him to do. Make sure that you're doing this one thing. And let me tell you, if you can come, if you can come through the place of seeing your desires align with His desires, because He wants forgiveness. What He wants is mercy. And if we can come to the place of seeing our desires align with His desires, we're going to be that much closer to extending forgiveness. Then it goes on and it says this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And what I want to say to you is that there is an unseen force aimed against us as we attempt to forgive. There is an unseen force aimed against us as we attempt to forgive. Some of us see forgiveness as something that takes place between two people. It's a human process from beginning to end. One human hurts another human. That human reels from the pain. Other humans gather around the hurt human, sharing human advice from their human experience on how they've recovered from the hurts they've experienced as a human. If the human can't overcome, they call a professional human. This person is a human fixing specialist who has been educated, trained, and licensed by other humans, and he guides humans to freedom. Maybe the reason we as humans have such a tough time forgiving is because there are larger, darker, more powerful Forces at work with a, vet, with a vested interest in keeping us from forgiving. I know you came here today and you're having a hard enough time believing in God. But I'm telling you that, the, the, that you may be having trouble forgiving because you don't understand that there are larger, darker more powerful forces that have a vested interest in keeping you in unforgiveness. I want you to see two things from this passage. Jesus taught us to pray for deliverance from, not evil in general, but from the evil one. Jesus didn't pray, deliver us from evil desires. 
Jesus prayed, deliver us from the evil one. He believes that Satan is a reality and that he can wreck your life. Satan is real, church, and he's not about to let you forgive without a fight. What did Jesus say that we should pray for deliverance from? Read it all together and I think it, believe, I think it comes through. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you, forgive, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Right before this passage about deliverance, it's talking about forgiveness. Right after this scripture about deliverance, it's talking about forgiveness. The way the evil one keeps us locked up and trapped is by coaxing us to live with unforgiving hearts. The way the enemy keeps us trapped and keeps us locked up is by coaxing us to live with unforgiving hearts. Jesus knew that there would be many different situations that we would need deliverance from. But the context shows us in this passage that what he specifically means here is that you need deliverance from an unforgiving heart. And that the temptation that you would face on a daily basis for those that have forgiven is that you would take back up that bitterness. That you would be tempted on a daily basis to relive what happened. Remember, forgiveness is the release of something that we've held tightly, that we've held closely. And that there would be a temptation for those that need to forgive to take that back and continue to hold it closely. And the way the enemy keeps us trapped and keeps us in bondage, keeps us locked up. And some of you are literally tormented because of your unforgiveness. The way he does this is by coaxing us to live with unforgiving hearts. Forgiveness is in your best interest. I know it seems strange. But to release and let go of what was done to you. To let go of the wounds. To ask God to heal and cleanse the wounds that you've accumulated over the years is in your best interest. Why does the evil one have such an interest in keeping us from forgiving those who have hurt us? Why does he care so much? Why does he want to keep us from forgiving those who have hurt us? The Bible tells us that Satan's goal is to oppose God in everything that God stands for. The only problem for Satan is that he can't hurt God. His plan is to oppose God and everything that God stands for. He's got a problem though. He can't hurt God. Satan hurts God by hurting us. He can't touch him. And you know that there's a lot of things that you could do to hurt me. But if you wanted to devastate me, Touch my kids. If you wanted to destroy me, hurt my kids. We have an adversary. We have an enemy. 
who hurts God by hurting us. He brings about an environment where we hurt each other and then he coaxes us to live for the rest of our lives in bitterness, anger, pain, shame, and guilt. And somehow we want this. We want to hold on to this. Oh, I'm not going to let this go. Of course I'm bitter. I've got every right to be bitter. Satan's main weapon is deceit. Jesus said of the devil, not just that he was real, or that he was a force that could wreck your life, he said about the devil that he's a liar and he's the father of lies. He keeps us believing lies that will keep us from ridding ourselves of bitterness and anger. One of those lies that he's going to speak and probably is speaking right now to you is that, oh, you've already forgiven Someone's coming up for you as I'm talking about forgiveness. And it's probably the person who's wounded you or hurt you the most. It's a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, maybe your kids, a brother, a business partner. Somebody's coming up for you. And what you're trying to say to yourself in order to hold on to your unforgiveness and your bitterness is that was a long time ago. I dealt with that already. We talked. It no longer affects my life. It does affect your life. Forgiveness is not denial. It affects your life. It's affecting your life and your relationships right now. The scriptures tell us that bitterness, the bitter root, defiles many. You can't even contain your bitterness Your bitterness is affecting people that had nothing to do with what wounded you. It's starting to show up everywhere. It's starting to affect your relationships going forward. The enemy is probably saying to you right now, "No, no, 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 you've already dealt with that, it's cool. You're free. And the truth is, is that there's still a lot of emotion Attached to what was done to you. There's still infection in the wound that was caused. Remember that true forgiveness is this. Choosing to keep no record of wrongs. A refusal to punish. Extending mercy. The absence of all bitterness. True forgiveness comes from the heart. So if you've just told yourself over and over again and convinced yourself in your mind that you're not hurt any longer, I'm not sure that it's done what it needs to do because when we get wounded, our hearts are wounded. So we forgive from our hearts, not from our minds. True forgiveness is an ongoing process, so it takes time. You're probably here, and I think you probably have forgiven your dad. And it's time to forgive him again. You're probably here and you have forgiven your spouse, but it's an ongoing process and it's time to forgive again because you're punishing them. You're withholding from them. You're withdrawn. It's time to come to the cross where Jesus paid and stop making your husband or wife pay. It's why we love Him. That's why we're here worshiping Him. He paid so that we don't have to.
One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament involves uh, the Ark of the Covenant being stolen by the enemies of God. The Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. And it was stolen by the enemies of God. And they took it and they put it in one of their temples. And they put it next to one of their gods, one of their idols. And they woke up the next morning to walk into the temple and Dagon, their god, had fallen over. And so... So they take Dagon, they prop him back up, they come in the next morning only to find that Dagon had fallen over again. But this time he'd not only fallen over, he had shattered into pieces. And where there are these things, these idols in our lives, these things besides Jesus that we are worshiping, these things besides Jesus that we're ascribing value to over and over again with our thought, our time, our energy... Where there are idols in our life, it's important to bring them into the presence of the one true God. And those things must fall. But what I love about it is that that they, that basically, the idol got propped back up and needed again to be brought into the presence of the Lord. And the second time that it fell, it fell and was broken and was shattered. There's some things in your life that you've brought into the presence of God and he's dealt with and those things are fallen, but over time you've propped them back up and it's time again to invite the presence of God into those areas and see those things fall again and ask God to shatter those things, to break those things that have kept us in bondage. We're going to open up the altar this morning. And not only are we going to open up the altar, but we're going to open up the first three rows for people who want to get prayer, who want to receive prayer. There's a team of people who have been trained to lead you through forgiveness. And so I know I can't coerce you into forgiving. I know it's something that you need to choose, but I'm asking you to choose it this morning. If there's someone this morning that you need to forgive, I'd ask you to come forward and deal with it this morning. There's a team of people, like I said, that have been trained and equipped to lead you into forgiveness. If there's no room at the altar, go ahead and fill the first three rows. If you're in the first three rows and you don't want prayer, um, Find another place to to hang out. If you're here and you want to ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, there's communion tables set up where you can remember the body of Jesus that's been broken and the blood that He shed for you. You can come forward, take communion, and remember that Jesus died for sins He never committed to forgive people who didn't deserve to be forgiven. I'm going to pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would do what the Holy Spirit does. And then we're going to respond this morning. On the bulletin that I gave you, there's something to do as we go from here. The Lord wants to deal with all your unforgiveness. But he knows that you can't take facing all those wounds at the same time. There's probably one thing, a couple things that he's asking you to deal with this morning. But as you go from here, I would encourage you, do um, what what we've listed out on the bulletin to do. Be thorough in your forgiveness. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to take inventory. Get rid of what you're holding on to. I'm going to pray. There's going to be some music and you can receive prayer this morning. Please don't walk away if you know you need to forgive. Today's the day of salvation. Please don't let this be one of your Monday diets or an oil change that's going to happen at maybe 7,000 miles. Do business today. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just want to turn this over to you. I want to ask that you would lead us into all truth. We have suppressed the truth. We have been in denial. We've not wanted to face the facts. We want to pretend even now that we're fine. Everything's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Nobody's parents are perfect. We want to start excusing God, but it's really, it's time to start forgiving. So I pray, Holy Spirit, when you came on your disciples, you gave them courage. You gave them strength. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now, give us courage, give us strength to do what we feel like we can't do. Lead us into the truth. Reveal Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus. Reveal Jesus. And the finished work of his cross. We pray for freedom this morning. We pray for liberty for people who have been held captive by memories, thoughts, hurts, and unforgiveness. We trust you uh, with our lives and we let our walls come down. We are shriveling up behind the walls that we have erected. Open our hearts, Holy Spirit, and allow us to forgive from our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We want to be a resource for you as you walk with Jesus. So please connect with us at radiantvicelia.com. Until next time. There is a heavenly city that I'm compelled to find. Oh, I love the flowers and trees and the smell of the grinding sea and all the beautiful things here in life. I'm a pilgrim here on the side of the grave, divine.